We've got a whole lot of news to dump, Ooh. including more of Trump's inner circle flipping on him, Elon Musk admitting that he has dug his own grave, a new video game that's so bad it has to be seen to be believed, and the seemingly never-ending saga of finding a new house speaker. And there's also uh, some updates in there as well, but we should probably start out with the fact that one of the main characters from the stolen election conspiracy movement, Sidney Powell, has decided to throw her hands in the air and say, all right, you got me, by officially pleading guilty in the state of Georgia's election interference case, which will result in reduced charges for cooperating with prosecutors. Ooh. And that's obviously horrible news for Donald Trump and his defense. What do you mean? He doesn't know her. They've never... I've never met this I've person. I've never met this person. What do you mean I once stood on a stage with her? This is the first I'm hearing about yeah. this Sidney Powell. Sounds like a real girl boss, though. Yeah. Uh, for more on all of this, let's check in with the Associated Press. Lawyer Sidney Powell pleaded guilty to reduce charges Thursday over efforts to overturn Donald Trump's loss in the 2020 election in Georgia, becoming the second defendant in the sprawling case to reach a deal with prosecutors. Powell, who was charged alongside Trump and 17 others with violating the state's anti-racketeering law, entered the plea just a day before jury selection was set to start in her trial. She pleaded guilty to six misdemeanors, accusing her of conspiring to intentionally interfere with the performance of election duties. As part of the deal, she will serve six years of probation, will be fined $6,000, and will have to write an apology letter to Georgia and its residents. <laughs> Dear Georgia, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. We all got a little carried away there in 2020. I guess you could say, for my remaining years, Georgia will always be on, on my, my mind. mind. And honestly, the apology letter is probably the harshest penalty here because everything else is really just a slap on the wrist, considering what she and her co-conspirators have been accused of, which again, was attempting to overturn the results of an American election. She better have some goods to, to turn over. I think she probably does if they already gave her the reduced sentence. And this is also funny because she only finally put in the plea a day before the jury was going to be selected. Yeah, probably, the last possible moment. Probably because her attorney has been telling her for the last six months, like, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose. Yeah, if you wait you any longer, to you're going deal. to go to jail. You have to take take the deal, Sydney. Take the deal. Yeah. As for why this is bad news for Trump, well, it should be obvious. But in order to receive that reduced sentence, Sydney Powell, she's been warming up those vocal cords oh. and singing like a bird. Uh, once again, from their reporting, she also recorded a statement for prosecutors and agreed to testify truthfully against her co-defendants at future trials. And uh, folks, that trial will be the trial of the president, the former president. The trial of the century, mm -hmm. one of many, but. The plea deal makes Powell the most prominent known person to be working with prosecutors investigating Trump's efforts to overturn the election. Her cooperation in the case and participation in strategy talks threatened to expose the former president and offer insight on what he was saying and doing in the critical period after the election. John Fishwick, a former U.S. attorney for the Western District of Virginia, called Powell's plea a significant win for Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. Quote, this is somebody who was at ground zero of these allegations and a lawyer who is pleading guilty, he said. This is very significant. Now, not only was uh, Sidney Powell present during the planning phases of this attempt to overthrow an election, but this woman, who just pleaded guilty to six counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference, was dangerously close to having immense authority over election integrity while she was committing the crimes she has now pleaded guilty to. 
from a Politico article all the way back in December of 2020, simpler times. President Donald Trump escalated his bid to overturn the results of the November 3rd election during a contentious White House meeting on Friday night, telling advisors he wanted to name a special counsel to investigate his loss and pressing for the seizure of voting machines he has falsely suggested were manipulated to rig the outcome against him. In one heated exchange, White House counsel Pat Cipollone and Chief of Staff Mark Meadows pushed back against the idea of tapping Sidney Powell, an attorney who has promoted numerous conspiracy theories about the election, as a special counsel to probe the claims. According to the person familiar with Friday's meeting, the animated, animated <laughs> gathering featured yelling and screaming, with the lawyers often accusing each other of failing to sufficiently support the president's efforts. Flynn and Powell both said they needed the Trump administration to do more to support their efforts to reverse President-elect Joe Biden's win. Dangerously close to yeah. this woman being in charge of investigating election fraud. It is it is interesting like that that period towards the like the very very tail end of his presidency where anyone uh, uh, the rats were all fleeing the ships and the people you were left with were just the the real bunker freaks. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It'll be interesting if the geo, you know, once he's running for president and possibly winning <laughs> again, it'll be interesting to see if they all just forget about that. Very conveniently. Every anyone who had any like actual abilities, yeah. they they got off the Trump train long before. Remember when he that tried to thing. hire a new attorney general with like two weeks left in his entire presidency? Yeah, and like his <laughs> his his closest fans in the in the government were just like, no, you, you can't, can't do fucking this. do that. No. Uh, yeah, but it is honestly kind of insane how many times we've come dangerously close to the complete collapse of democracy democracy in just the past few years. And it's even scarier that with all the evidence of corruption, multiple court cases, countless members of his own administration flipping on him or going on the record about his general ineptitude, that Donald Trump is still almost certainly going to be the Republican candidate for the 2024 presidential yeah. election. And a hopefully dwindling percentage of our population will actually vote for him. Well, great news. All the polling currently suggests that as anyone could have predicted, Robert F. Kennedy running as an independent will only siphon votes away from Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> the thinking was there. That the, Did they honestly think that he'd be siphoning votes away from Biden? Well, because he's a Kennedy yeah. and, and has nominally for a long time been a liberal. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, like, I'd say probably the majority of his platforms would, would put him in the Democrat corner. It's just that the ones he's loudest about well, are things that every right-wing crank they loves. They did do, uh, the, the GOP, a little bit of rake-stepping because they were the ones who positioned oh. RFK Jr. as a spoiler candidate. Yeah, no, it was, it was a crazy like month or so. This is a while back now, several months. But yeah, it was all just like right-wing influencers on social media being like, wow, this RFK guy is pretty cool. I'm no liberal, but yeah, like they Democrats should really get behind RFK. They spent money and time <laughs> pushing this guy to their own followers. Yeah. And now when he announces that he's going to run as an independent, they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's He's going to really take votes from, from even Hannity yeah. was uh, grilling him on his show. So that shows you where uh, uh, the current status of RFK lies. But speaking of the messes that Republicans have made for themselves, we should probably go ahead and check in on that vacant seat for Speaker of the House because there have already been a few important updates since we filmed our most recent video. When we last spoke about this, just over 24 hours ago, 
Jim Jordan had lost his second attempt to gain enough votes to make him Speaker of the House. Well, in just the past day or so, things have somehow gone from bad to worse because a plan was announced early on Thursday that Jim Jordan would bow out of the race for House Speaker, at least temporarily, yeah. giving the interim Speaker Lil Patrick McHenry with his his spinning bow tie and his big, beautiful gavel. And, his, and the chair that was apparently too big behind him, mm -hmm. clearly demonstrating his stature. Yeah. So he had it removed, allegedly. Chair for scale. Uh -huh. uh, given Patrick McHenry, the, the temporary speaker, who had no choice in this matter, uh, really could never have possibly guessed that he would actually be put in this position because the, the circumstances of him actually assuming the role are historically just not something that ever happens. Uh, you can get a great read on how he feels about this by his first gavel slam. God damn it! Yeah. So, Lil Patrick McHenry, they want to give him the full power of the position of speaker, despite being unelected to it, and clearly not wanting it. And also, uh, that would set a very... for You would assume, both sides, a bad precedent, because that would open the way for uh, the Speaker of the House just being an unelected thing in the future because they can just have an interim person. Which is how the Trump administration got away with a lot of stuff was just, these people were never voted in, they were just interim uh, parts of his administration. Interim. Yeah. So yeah, the backlash to this decision, this McHenry decision, was so swift and angry that the plan was quickly scrapped. Closed door meetings were held throughout the day. There were reports of verbal and almost physical confrontations between members of the Republican Party and Jordan himself would eventually announce that uh, he's gonna just keep on trying. <laughs> oh, let's give it another shot. He's, he's gonna be going for yet another vote on Friday morning. The humiliation will continue until morale improves. Until the votes improve. And this is in spite of the fact that Jordan appears to have lost uh, even more support in just the past few days. We, we're confident next vote, he's gonna lose five or six more uh, votes. He's gonna be going backwards. Got it. Okay, here, yeah. here's more on what went down from the New York Times. House Republicans spent Thursday fighting among themselves in closed-door meetings, trading blame and insults, and casting about for a way forward as they failed again to coalesce around a speaker candidate. It was a day of uncertainty and whiplash on Capitol Hill, and the House remained paralyzed as war raged overseas and a government shutdown grew near. Because, reminder, by the way, they uh, stopped the government shutdown, but Temporary. only temporarily. Yeah. And they and really they, haven't done much since that and temporary... And they can't extend? They can't, yeah. Without a speaker, they need a speaker. Uh, a few people got, like, mad at me in the last video. Like, Elliot supports uh, everyone who works for the federal government, uh, you know, dying of hunger. Because I said uh, they should just let this ride for, like, 14 months. That's I was joking. Well, first but... of all, this isn't the same kind of uh, problem as defunding the government, which would have uh, government employees not getting paid. This is just, they can't find a House Speaker, so they can't govern. Right, but they but they do need... Uh... They need to for the next round, yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, by Thursday evening, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, the hard-right Republican nominee for Speaker, appeared no closer to winning the post after meeting with some of the 22 mainstream GOP lawmakers opposed to his candidacy. Nevertheless, Mr. Jordan said he would push for another vote to become Speaker, scheduled for Friday at 10 a.m even though he was bleeding support and calls were increasing for him to step aside. Quote, He needed to know there is no way forward for his speakership. Representative John Rutherford of Florida, one of the holdouts, told reporters after meeting with Mr. Jordan. Damn, 
The reporting continues. In the face of unyielding opposition, Mr. Jordan began the day by proposing to hit pause on his candidacy and support a plan being floated by centrist lawmakers in both parties that would temporarily give the interim speaker, Representative Patrick T. McHenry of North Carolina, explicit power to conduct legislative business. That proposal met with furious backlash from rank-and-file Republicans, including many of Mr. Jordan's far-right supporters, who said empowering Mr. McHenry, a stand-in appointed to his post after the ouster of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker, would effectively cede control of the House floor to Democrats and set a bad precedent. <laughs> yeah, we haven't set any bad precedents yet. It would be a bad precedent to set some bad precedents. Mm -hmm. Within hours, Mr. Jordan reversed course again and said he would move forward after all with his bid to try to win the post quickly. Inside the meeting in the basement of the Capitol, tempers ran hot as the GOP feuding over the speakership dragged into a 17th day with members airing grievances and lamenting the chaotic state of the chamber. At one point, Mr. McCarthy, the California Republican, lashed out at Representative Matt Gates of Florida, the ringleader. <laughs> He's the ringleader. The ringleader of a small band of hard-right rebels who forced a vote to remove him more than two weeks ago and thrust the House into uncharted territory. Quote, I was speaking and Matt Gates tried to interrupt. I told him to sit down and he sat down. Mr. McCarthy said later, adding, I think the entire conference screamed at him. I think the whole country would scream at Matt Gates right now. Damn, but that's not all because uh, the interim speaker is now threatening to quit. The McHenry guy. What happens then? I don't know. There's another replacement speaker, I think. There's like a line of succession. It, it goes all the way down to like just uh, the... the <laughs> The janitor of, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the Capitol Hill uh, cafeteria. I'm just an intern. Why am I the Speaker of the House? This is like a comedy film from, like, the 90s of, like... Uh... Somehow Adam Sandler's the yeah. Speaker of the House. <laughs> we don't know how it happened, but he's there. Yeah. And uh, he's going to do things a little different. He just punches Matt Gates. Yeah. <laughs> Price is wrong, bitch. But like we said, uh, McHenry is now threatening to quit, somehow making an already chaotic mess even worse. And here's NBC News with more on that. In a closed-door meeting Thursday, Representative Patrick McHenry, Republican of North Carolina, told GOP colleagues he might resign as Speaker pro tempore if Republicans push him to try to move legislation on the floor without an explicit vote to expand his powers, according to multiple lawmakers in the room. If you guys try to do that, you'll figure out who the next person on Kevin's list is, McHenry told the room, three sources said, referring to former Speaker Kevin McCarthy's secret list of GOP lawmakers who would serve as temporary speaker in the event of a vacancy. McHenry's comments underscore the quandary Republicans are in. They can't really do anything until they choose a new speaker, but they can't agree on someone who can get the votes to be that new speaker. And it's hilarious. It's so good. Yes. No one should give you shit for any government shutdown comments when this is entirely the yeah. fault of the GOP. It's not my fault. No. I just think it's funny, <laughs> and I see no end in sight, and I think it would be very funny if it just never, they just never appoint a new speaker. They... And, and still found a way to keep the national parks open yes. and keep everyone with a paycheck in their pocket. Yes. Only Obviously. the House should lose their money. Yeah. Um, yeah, this past week has done wonderful things. For they should introduce some resolution of like, you, you don't govern, you don't get fucking paid. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Uh, great week for uh, political ads next year of the chaos of Republicans being unable to govern. Mm -hmm. It should be a slam they've, dunk. They've somehow managed to um, merge the classic Simpsons 
RNC, DNC uh, uh, conventions yeah. where, like, the Democrats one, it says, we can't govern. We hate ourselves, we can't govern. And, uh, yeah, the Republican one is like, like... We're just plain evil. Yeah, we're just plain evil. Uh, we, yeah. They've they've taken the, the we can't govern and we hate ourselves uh, from the Democrats, and they've mm-hmm. brought that to the Republican side. I mean, it's yeah, very you, exciting. You see these big political shifts every once in a while, and it's, it's wild to have, you know, <laughs> been watching for the past two decades as Democrats, uh, you know, fight with each other. Uh, and now Republicans, it's worse than it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. It's very exciting time. Anyways, uh, while we're on the topic of Republican infighting, there's also some wonderfully I fucking love this revealing so quotes from Mitt Romney that his biographer started releasing to the press in anticipation uh, for his upcoming biography. Is there some rule in like the Mormon church where like the, when you turn 75, you're allowed to like talk shit now? Yeah. Yeah, well, he had his first cup of coffee, and he's been wilding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoa! This shit's amazing. You guys should try it. Yeah, this is... Uh, the man can talk some shit. I would have never guessed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, here's here's some select quotes from a recent article in Politico. Romney has been his party's most consistent Trump critic since 2015, with one notable hiatus. And he's had a lot to say about Republicans who have not lived up to his standards. We've already learned, via The Atlantic's recent excerpt, about Romney's now infamous take on the junior senator from Ohio. I don't know that I can disrespect someone more than J.D. Vance, and his unvarnished view of his party's last vice president. No one had been more loyal, more willing to smile when he saw absurdities, more willing to ascribe God's will to things that were ungodly than Mike Pence. Well, it turns out Copens recorded a lot more Romneyisms, and we got our hands on an exclusive preview. Mitt on Ron DeSantis. There's just no warmth at all on DeSantis posing for selfies with Iowa voters. He looks like he's got a toothache. Got him. More. He's much smarter than Trump. You might point out, Mitt, DeSantis is real smart. Do you want an authoritarian who's smart or one who's not smart? I realize there's a peril to having someone who's smart and pulling in a direction that's dangerous. On Newt Gingrich, a smug know-it-all, smarmy, and too pleased with himself. Ted Cruz, frightening. Scary, a demagogue, Mike Huckabee, a huckster, a caricature of a for-profit preacher, Bobby Jindal, a twit, Rick Santorum, sanctimonious, severe, and strange, Rick Perry, Republicans must realize that we have to have someone who can complete a sentence, (laughs) John Kasich, lack of thoughtfulness, lack of attentiveness, ego, no wonder he and Chris Christie spark. Come on, Mitt. Absolutely savage. Keep it going. Uh-huh. I didn't hear anything about Matt Gates. Yeah, well, he's saving that one for later. Allegedly. Potentially. And he, yeah, and the craziest thing is, you got to remember, during all those quotes, he is holding a hot dog in one of his hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hot uh, dog. Well, <laughs> we do have more news for you coming up in just a second, but we thought we'd give you some, some time to calm down after that incredible Mormon stand-up routine by, <laughs> by thanking today's sponsor, and that is Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is everywhere. Oh, make it stop. Thankfully, there's one company out there that's giving you a much needed break, and that's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton, with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. 
Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash newsdump. That is mintmobile.com slash newsdump. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash newsdump. All right, back in the news now, and it looks like Elon Musk oh. has maybe finally come to terms with the fact that the Cybertruck was a stupid idea that resulted in a hideous truck that is next to impossible to produce. During Tesla's abysmal Q3 earnings report this week, which saw the company's profits drop by nearly 50%, uh-oh, Musk indicated that there was also going to be some strong headwinds going forward. Mm -hmm. Here's Insider with more. Elon Musk said that Tesla dug its own grave with the Cybertruck as he warned that it would take years for the company to ramp up production on the electric pickup. Speaking on Tesla's Q3 earnings call on Wednesday, the Tesla CEO said that the Cybertruck's unique design meant the company faces immense challenges in scaling production. Wow! Did I, wow how, why it's did, almost like everyone's why been saying did this nobody, <laughs> Why did nobody tell anyone? Well, it tell turns out they this. got me. With Tesla aiming to produce a quarter of a million trucks by 2025. <laughs> Doubt. We dug our own grave with the Cybertruck, Musk said. It's one of those special products that comes along only once in a long while. <laughs> and special products that come along once in a long while are just incredibly difficult to bring to market, to reach volume, to be prosperous, he added. Really? Wow. This is, this is the first I'm hearing that uh, a fucking... A car with all sharp edges made entirely out of stainless steel is difficult to uh, mass produce. This is crazy. Yeah. We're all learning something today. Yes, nobody's ever made this mistake before. The reporting continues. Musk said he wanted to temper expectations for the electric truck's launch, which Tesla announced would be on November 30th. Nope. He <laughs> Not going to happen. He warned that the challenges of scaling up production meant that it would likely be around 18 months before the Cybertruck is cash flow positive. 18 years. <laughs> Quote, I do want to emphasize that there will be enormous challenges in reaching volume production with the Cybertruck and then making the Cybertruck cash flow positive. This is simply normal, he said. <laughs> no, it isn't. Mm. When you've got a product with a lot of new technology or any brand new vehicle program, especially one that is as different and as advanced as the Cybertruck, you will have problems proportionate to how many new things you're trying to solve at scale. What new technology? No. Uh, Do you know how many Rivians I saw on the road on the drive to here to yes. film this fucking episode? Also, uh, without even... Rivian has its own financial problems, but just looking at the products that were announced, produced, and successfully launched since the Cybertruck was announced, like the Ford Lightning, and the even though it's not really uh, economical or environmentally friendly, the Hummer EV. Yeah. Both things that were announced, developed, and produced after the Cybertruck was announced. Yeah, and, uh, and apparently those are, they all, the battery supply chain for these giant electric, the batteries on these things are massive. Yes. They've all had uh, production problems. It's just that these other companies that are, uh, way more diversified, don't have uh, an insane CEO who mm -hmm. makes everything about himself, and um, don't make promises that they have no chance of actually keeping. Yeah, Th Those are all things that, as a CEO of a car company, um, you should maybe consider. Well, also, the design of those cars isn't uh, incredibly difficult yeah. They're not to breaking just every basic rule of automotive design. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, the reporting adds that the launch of the Cybertruck comes at a crucial time for Tesla. Although the company dominates the EV market, its market share has slipped in recent years as competitors like Ford and Rivian expand their operations. The Cybertruck is seen as vital for Tesla to fend off this burgeoning competition. Earlier versions of the pickup seen in the wild have been called out for scratching and finish issues by prospective buyers, as well as being fingerprint magnets because of their stainless steel body. Also, you're gonna get burned. Mm -hmm. Despite this, demand for the Cybertruck is through the roof, according to Musk, who said on Wednesday that over one million people have reserved the truck. And like we've said on this show before, just because a million people reserved the truck by putting down a minuscule down payment just so they could say, yeah, I got one of these bad yeah. boys pre-ordered, does not mean that those million people are going to take delivery on these no. trucks. I'd imagine a lot of them are using the uh, GameStop as a bank strategy of like, yeah. you know, just storing your money in a safe place uh, with Tesla. So when you need a hundred bucks, you, you get your refund. We Boom. are coming upon a very interesting time where all of these people who put money down for the pre-order are going to have to have to make the very easy decision of whether to take delivery on the Cybertruck, which has, I assume, ballooned in price. There's no way he can keep the original quote. It was supposed to be like $40,000 yeah. or something. No, or $40. they asked for their, what was it, $500? They asked for their $500 back. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, a million people putting up $500 each is going to be quite the hit on Tesla. Yeah. Anyways, that'll be, uh, you know, fun times ahead for... The big very, wild predictions of Elon very Musk. Very exciting. Anyway, while we're on the topic of Musk, he's almost certainly going to be steaming mad at the news that one of his favorite types of Twitter posters, a far-right influencer focused on subverting democracy by shitposting, has been given a prison sentence for tweets that he sent out during the 2016 presidential election, yeah. far before Musk took over the site and turned it into the, you know, free speech, money-making machine utopia that it is today. Uh -huh. Here's the Associated Press with more on this. A right-wing social media influencer was sentenced to seven months in federal prison on Wednesday for spreading falsehoods via Twitter, now known as X, in an effort to suppress Democratic turnout in the 2016 presidential election. Doug Lass Mackey, who posted under the alias Ricky Vaughn, mm. was convicted in March of the charge of conspiracy against rights after a trial in federal court in Brooklyn. Prosecutor said Mackey, who had 58,000 Twitter followers, conspired with others between September and November of 2016 to post falsely that supporters of Democrat Hillary Clinton could vote for her by text message or social media posts. For example, they said, Mackey tweeted a photo of a woman standing in front of an African Americans for Hillary sign, avoid the line, vote from home, the tweet said, text Hillary to 59925. U.S. Attorney Breon Peace said in a statement that Mackey weaponized disinformation in a dangerous scheme to stop targeted groups, including black and brown people and women, from participating in our democracy. This guy and Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman are learning a very important lesson uh, that there are laws that exist uh, around elections Yeah. Um, that they might not have really thought about before. Well, we need to get rid of all this regulation. <laughs> Just completely wild. I thought lying was, uh, I thought lying was free speech. I'm sorry, lying is just my opinion. Apparently, there are laws against lying. What is what the hell's going on? Mm -hmm. But let's leave the politics behind for now because gamers, it's been a while. But we have some gaming news for you, yeah. and it's your favorite type of gaming news—the kind where we all get to make fun of the entire industry for creating something so foul, so awful, so hilariously bad. 
but there's really no excuse for its very existence. They could have just trashed the project, taken the L, and said, you know what? This is bad. Well, much like with that Gollum game, uh, yeah. IP ain't free. So, uh... <sighs> Gotta put something out. Folks, feast your eyes on what almost certainly is the worst new release of 2023, even worse than Gollum. Skull Island, Rise of Kong, which is described as an exhilarating third-person action-adventure game that lets you become Kong on a journey of vengeance as you fight to claim your rightful place as the king of Skull Island. Well, it sounds, sounds yeah. pretty cool. I'm sounds excited. like a fun game. Yeah. I get to be King Kong? Finally. Do I get to climb the Empire State Building? Can I pull a, a woman out? No, you pull out Steve Zahn and you eat him. <laughs> <laughs> With that summary in mind, please take a look at this incredible in-game footage. Well, what's even crazier is the fact that this, like Elliot pointed out, isn't even the sole nominee for worst fucking new release of the year because it is facing stiff competition from another IP-based game that has been widely mocked since its release earlier this year. The Lord of the Rings, Gollum. I mean, we might have to bring Tuggies back from the dead. It's If, if any year yeah. is providing enough ammo for a Tuggy Awards. I think the game industry might be fucked enough this year to justify a return. <laughs> no promises. But with more on the release of Rise of Kong, here's IGN. Skull Island Rise of Kong is out today, October 17th, and the $39.99 oh, action adventure has already been called the worst game of 2023. It's already gone viral on social media for all the wrong reasons, with one tweet showing a cutscene with visuals you'd expect three generations ago viewed nearly seven million times. In the game, Kong sets out to avenge the death of his parents by the Saurian terror Gaul, traverse the mysterious island and uncover its secrets across a variety of treacherous environments, discovering the power coursing through its exotic flora and fauna, Game Mill said. Conquer waves of primal beasts, defeat unique bosses, and rise above all who stand in Kong's way to being king. Exacerbating the issue is the fact that Skull Island Rise of Kong is the first new King Kong game in 18 years. Is that how long ago the Peter Jackson movie came I out? I believe that was the last uh, King Kong-based game. I don't know. It might have been longer since the movie came out, but I believe that the last game was the one based off of that movie. Yeah, this is weird timing. Is there a Kong movie coming out soon? No, Skull Island came out, what, six years ago Yeah, now? and then they already did Godzilla vs. Kong, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the Kong fandom is always there. Yeah, Kong fans, they're always looking for new Kong. There were responses on the cutscene footage of people being like, well, okay, I don't really care about graphics as long as the gameplay is good. These types of Kong freaks are out there. They do exist. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, he's a giant gorilla. What's not to love? True. And finally today, since we covered some gaming news, we should probably cover some entertainment news. And uh, it brings us... No joy to... This is crazy. Yeah. We're announcing... We are <laughs> announcing that Jon Stewart's show on Apple TV+, Plus, which was his spiritual successor to The Daily Show, has been cancelled. And apparently it was cancelled for reasons that would make it a perfect example for actual, real-life, not fake, 
cancel culture. Because according to reports, Apple cut the show after disagreements with staff over their coverage of topics like artificial intelligence and China. Here is the New York Times with more on this. Jon Stewart's show on Apple's streaming service is abruptly coming to an end, according to several people with knowledge of the decision, the result of creative differences between the tech giant and the former Daily Show host. Mr. Stewart and Apple executives decided to part ways in recent days, two of the people said. Members of the show's staff were informed about its end on Thursday. Taping of episodes for the third season was scheduled to begin within a couple of weeks, one of the people said. Mr. Stewart and Apple executives had disagreements over some of the topics and guests on The Problem, two of the people said. Mr. Stewart told members of his staff on Thursday that potential show topics related to China and artificial intelligence were causing concern among Apple executives, a person with knowledge of the meeting said. As the 2024 presidential campaign begins to heat up, there was potential for further creative disagreements, one of the people said. A representative for Apple declined to comment. Delving into current events, as Mr. Stewart did on The Problem, could have put Apple at the center of the kinds of political and geopolitical controversies that other major corporations have confronted, including the way conservatives turned on Disney or liberals protested Starbucks over gun safety concerns. Wow. Someone should have looked into this John Stewart guy before we hired him. Yeah. What the hell? Though Apple hadn't faced similar boycotts or criticism, the possibility was there with each episode, 20 in all. In its two seasons, the problem confronted several hot-button topics, including gun control and gender identity. Well, I mean, it's great timing, because uh, The Daily Show is still looking for a host, so... Mr. Stewart, come on down. We kept I, the seat warm for you. I don't think he, he would, would never, do I it. I don't think so. But, I mean, stranger things have happened. He, I don't... He definitely wouldn't do it for the money, or, like, some seeking yeah. fame thing. He would do it out of what I would assume he perceives as a necessity... Yeah. Um, I never watched the Apple show he did. I think I saw a couple clips of it, and, like, he still got it. Yeah. Like, it was a different I mean, I, I vibe like on the... I've mostly yeah. kind of outgrown the need for a Jon Stewart in my life, but uh -huh. he was extremely important to just, like, understanding the world growing up. Um, and when the world needed him most, he left. Uh, yeah, he really did. Uh -huh. Also, uh, the uh, another guy who... Uh, they. They completely fumbled, should have hired, uh, I can't remember, it's something, uh, Yusuf, the Egyptian uh, mm -hmm. John Stewart, mm -hmm. who's, he's lived in LA for like years now, but he was on uh, Pierce Morgan this week talking about what's going on over in the Middle East. Uh, and Hassan just, was just on Pierce Morgan as well. Uh, yeah, no, this week, Pierce Morgan, to his credit, one of the few uh, news guys who's really, uh, whoever's booking his show is bringing on uh, a lot of voices. Uh, from the Arab side of this conflict, and they've all just absolutely mocked the floor, the floor with Piers Morgan, which really, it, it, it would seem that he does, in fact, have some sort of humiliation fetish. Yes. But yeah, I, I, uh, I've only seen the clips of the Hassan one, and it was like, he did a great job. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, wild to see. But uh, in the meantime, we, uh, Hassan has raised over a million dollars. Do we have what it takes? to raise $980,000 in I the think, next 24 hours? I think proportionally, <laughs> we've raised more. Yeah. Or at least It's as not much. that it matters. Obviously, this is all going to a wonderful cause. Uh, please, if you, if you have the ability to uh, support, we're running a fundraiser below. Thank you to everyone that's donated so far. And in the meantime, uh, we'll be back with, with more weird news for you. But in the meantime, please like the video. Let's see if YouTube's new uh, feature. Like, like. Did it do it? Did Comment. it do anything? I saw an example of it, 
and it looks like it does highlight the buttons when people say things. Like, subscribe. Let us know if that did anything. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, it should cause you to like and subscribe. Of course. So do make it. sure you do that. Uh, we do have two other videos over here for you. We have a new episode of Tech News Day, and we have an episode from earlier in the week. Please check both of those out. We'll be back for weekly weird news. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.